This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. All right. R.I. Probs are, I don't know if it's, if it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to the internet, but it's probably close to it would be my initial assessment on that. You know, if you're not familiar with this, I don't know where you've been. You may not even, if, if you're not familiar with R.I. Probs, you likely don't even have a smartphone or access to the internet if you live in Rhode Island. It's, uh, it's absolutely hilarious and accurate content. And shockingly, amazingly, however you want to frame it, today we are speaking to the people who are behind this one-of-a-kind meme creation brand. And thanks so much for joining us on Bartholomew Town. Hey, well, good, good to be here. Yeah. So where did this idea come from? Because, you know, we can work through you know, how you've sustained it and how you've built a brand out of this, but like, are you guys native Rhode Islanders? How did, where did this all come about? Yeah. So we're both um, actually from Barrington. So we grew up in Barrington, um, went to high school together. And when I guess that aspect of it is we're high school sweethearts. So I feel like that's also a Rhode Island thing. (laughs) Um, But I went to college in Pennsylvania and I was the only person from Rhode Island there. So I'd just like say certain terms or um, phrases and people would be like, what the heck are you talking about? So I feel like from there, I started the Twitter first mm-hmm. and that kind of has grown into what it is today. Yeah. And then from there, it's, it's taken off to like, obviously across social media platforms, but I feel like Twitter, you know, there's, there's a universe on Twitter of Rhode Island people that is, it's very inside baseball, but it's, it's very alive and it's very vibrant. And it's very accessible. And that probably helped your cause in terms of just like getting traction out of the gate because it's like people are on there that care about Rhode Island and like to laugh at it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's really still like that across all, all platforms really uh, where there's so many people that identify with Rhode Island. It's just because it's a, such a small state that uh, you know, the whole the whole state sort of what's the word I'm looking for like experiences the same stuff and right. identifies with, with the same stuff. Whereas something like uh, you know Florida or California, it's totally different from one side of the state to the other. Right, and at the same time, you're and and that's definitely true. And at the same time, you're able to like tap into the regionalization of Rhode Island that's comically absurd, like the difference between. North Providence and like Warwick, which is you, some people could probably hit a golf ball too. Well, not literally, but you know, I mean, it's it, it, yet there's like this complete separation of identity that takes place from municipality to municipality, from region, if you will, the region. <laughs> yeah. And, but we're all under the same umbrella of absurd, beautiful, outrageous, amazing things that happen here in this state. Yeah. That, that, like an ongoing thing with us is only in Rhode Island. It, it, you're like, you really don't understand how, how many things are only in Rhode Island until you, you, know, you leave our little pocket and you're like, Oh, this is gone. That's gone. Oh, they do this differently over here. This, that's not how they say this word. It, it, yeah. It's, it's like culture in Rhode Island is definitely unique. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of magical and, and it's easy to laugh at as well. So when you're creating memes, you know, I'm curious just like from a creative process, especially working with, a spouse, which can be extremely challenging, but also extremely rewarding. Like, are you just bouncing ideas to something like pop into your head? Do you see, how do you connect the dots between the visual and the the concept and, and making it all happen? Where's, what's that process like? I think it's a mix between things just popping into our heads and then just kind of going for it, seeing what pictures 
would go with our thought um, or I'll see the picture first. I'm like, Oh, this would be great to kind of poke fun at, at this or that. Um, I'd say it's kind of like a 50, 50 split sometimes. Yeah. It's uh, split yeah. between like, you know, flying off the seat of our pants, just going with like a current event that just happened and also sort of working off of, you know, your day-to-day problems with potholes uh, or coffee milk or something that can, you know, a yeah. timeless sort of joke like that. What do you think is like the ultimate, like you've got one shot to impress like an alien, you know, like someone arrives from like outside of our galaxy and like somehow or another they land on like mineral spring Avenue and like people direct them to RI probs. Like what's the, what's like the go-to meme that can just bam, here's Rhode Island. Welcome. Welcome to our universe. Um, I think my personal favorite and the one that everybody can understand is the one about landing at the airport and they say, welcome to Providence. And then just every Rhode Islander skin crawls are like, it's Warwick. It's not <laughs> Providence. <laughs> I, know. I yeah. like the, uh, like the language, like the words we use and how things are just different. We drop our R's uh, or side by each and stuff like that. I, I always find those interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, it's, I wonder where that originates from. It'd be interesting to do like an etymology study on where that, I mean, I'm so, sure someone yeah. has and can explain that, but it's, it's still here today. <laughs> it's definitely real. It'd be a fun research paper. What about the generational gap and the fact that so many of these Rhode Islandisms are pan generational? What do you think explains that? Good question. I feel like a lot of it, it's, I mean, I'm sure you can hear that we don't really have accents, but our parents do. And so it's kind of like we growing up would poke fun at them. So that, but then we also have friends that have like the Rhode Island accent and just kind of like everybody understands it. And it almost just like makes it feel like home more. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to like how small Rhode Island is. I think you don't really escape it. It doesn't matter where you go. Uh, you're, you're in the culture. You're part of it. And so I think that no matter where you grew up, you're, you're a part of it. Yeah, it's so true. Because I grew up in South County. I, I grew up in South County and then I was gone for like a decade. But then I, I've lived in Newport and I live in Providence. And, you know, obviously, like I said, there's nuances to every part of the state, but there's like this overlapping theme. And I think it's, I think it's so awesome. And, and, you know, a lot of people I find, especially like doing like the political talk radio stuff and, and that world. That you always hear like, oh, this state, you know, oh, the state workers, this, oh, man, like people bemoan Rhode Island like it's this corrupt, horrendous place to be. I hear that all the time that, you know, I can't wait to retire and go to Florida. And I'm like, fine, then get out of here because, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll just take it for ourselves. This place is amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, there's corruption everywhere in the world. I mean, it's not exclusive to Rhode Island. Why do you think it is that there's so many haters when it comes to Rhode Island, too? Because it's out there. I think the people just spend way too much time here. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody in Rhode Island's, you know, not everybody, but most people in Rhode Island have spent their whole life here. So mm-hmm. I think they just don't uh, maybe have that eyesight into, you know, how things are on the other side of the fence. I think that is so accurate. You know, it's, it's like that, the, that, yeah, you just don't have a chance to like look at it from, yeah, the perspective. perspective. Yeah. yeah, totally. So th- there's definitely, you know, there's definitely something about the, the work that you guys do that is like highly entertaining and is 
you know, it's just become like a staple to me. It's like the, the media, if you will, now includes like I would make an argument that you guys are a part of the media in Rhode Island. You know what I mean? Do you see yourself that way? I mean, I'm not saying that necessarily like the news media, like that you guys are reporting like, oh, tonight X, Y and Z happened to the state house, But like consumption habits have completely changed. I mean, podcasts, mm-hmm. social media. I mean, I think about the blogs that are like annihilating some of the mainstream traditional st- TV stations and, and newspapers in terms of numbers right now, things like that. Do you feel like you're like in the, the media? I do. Um, I, th- I, I, I just agree with what you just said, how people consume things is totally different. Uh, every once in a while, we'll have someone comment or message us because we didn't cover this or this information was wrong. And then we sort of have to remind them that like, I, I'm not like a news reporter. I'm not a news station. We're, we're just making meme. We're making jokes. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, don't take what we say as like, as like, you know, the, the, the word. Uh, but yeah, we uh, just seeing that and seeing how people like, almost come to us in a ways it without us even really trying to be sort of that page or that person they, they come to us for news or, or information about Rhode Island. I think it's also a way with our account too, is to access a lot of people and give them information about Rhode Island, but it, almost in a fun way. There's so much out there. That's just, you know, really, really crazy and not as like, I feel like our generation doesn't really want to access the news as much. So it's almost our way to get in there and, uh, let people come to us. Right. Because the, the, the notion of media can be taken way too seriously. You know what I mean? And, and it should be, it's a journalism. All of it is so important. It's, it's a mirror that helps define us. Art is in the same category as well. And humor is right there with it. Like it also serves as a reflection point. I would argue you guys are the greatest Rhode Island comedians that are oh. that are happening right now. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my LinkedIn page. <laughs> yeah, look exactly LinkedIn for for so that way when you get a request from like 75 people that are like, hey, I'm a uh, a social media expert that can boost your pages. You know, they'll have that to uh, add to their operations. Um, this has been great. Uh, real quick, I just I have to ask about like a couple of things here in terms of you know when you release a meme are you obsessed with checking the reaction to it in real time? Like, okay, this one, we know either the time of day or those types of statistics, but more so like how many shares, how, how, how is this performing? Is that something that, that matters to you? Or do you, are you the type that um, just releases it and then moves on to the next piece of content? Um, I would say yes and no to, to that question. It, it mm-hmm. does matter. Um, but we're not we're not in there like always checking analytics and everything. We we've been doing this for know, almost ten years now, so yeah. we have like a really good feel uh, for what type of content works, uh, when to post it. You know, go, going back to how we started, we started on Twitter and you know, Instagram didn't exist back then. Analytics didn't exist back then, and I guess you know back when we started, we were really into it. We were tr- tr- paying very close attention to who our followers were, when they were online. Uh, what kind of content they were consuming. And we would, you know, just kind of build it around that. You know, for example, we had a lot of high school and college students follow us at the start. And so we tweeted around their schedule. It'd be in the morning before they went to school, you know, at lunch when they're not supposed to be on their phones, but they still are. Yep. Um, maybe at right when they're after school, and uh, maybe when they get home and, and try to just catch them when they were online. Uh, but now we have such a feel for it. It's, I can, I almost know how it's going to do before we post it. Fascinating. 
with anything that comes in, say if it doesn't quote unquote perform as well as we thought, I feel like we use that as feedback. Like maybe, okay, don't post that as much, maybe lean towards something that's yeah. Done a little better, got more engagement, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. I, I try not to obsess working in both new media and traditional media is interesting because it's like there's ratings and stuff on radio and TV, but who really knows? You know what I mean? Like who really knows how many people are listening to, to the radio at one point in time? I just know a lot of people are out there listening to it with podcast stuff. I try not to like sit there and refresh the feed, but I am fascinated in performance in the first like 12 hours. You know what I mean? Just like something go into that category of like, oh, I've got to listen to this now, or at least start this now. That's mm -hmm. that's the most interesting statistic to me. But over time, yeah, it's like you can go crazy. In fact, one of my favorite media people in Rhode Island once told me that he hasn't checked any numbers in like 10 years, that he literally just wow. posts it and and lets it go. And they've they had they're retired now, but they had a super successful career. So maybe that's the move. Um my la <laughs> my last question is so when I started my podcast. I used my name that was kind of inspired by Jim Hummel of the Hummel Report, who has an independent um, video series. He also is on PBS and WPRO and in the Providence Journal. And I was inspired by him to just sort of use it for like branding. And, you know, my name, my face is all over it. I'm also a musician. Everything's tied back into my brand, my personal brand, which is, you know, it's good because it helps create a persona. Right. But it's also, you know, it, it can one be annoying to people. You can become ubiquitous like Phil Collins and. 1986 or something like that. It's like, I never want to hear this again. It literally takes me to a dentist's office waiting room, you know, as I'm whatever. But, but there's, there's something about the anonymity that you have created here. As we do this Zoom call where we're recording this podcast, we don't even have video on. I have no idea what you look like, what your age is, anything like that. I can make a guess. Talk about running RI probs from a completely anonymous standpoint in terms of human beings behind it, other than scenarios like this. And I know you were on Ben DeCastro's show and, and things like that, but like talk about that anonymity. I'm fascinated. It's, um, it's almost like the exact opposite of what you just described. Mm -hmm. We didn't want, when we started, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of followers and I didn't want someone to think that they were following just this random person. So we sort of just created a brand instead and, it's a little bit easier to, to build a brand than <laughs> um, to build up myself. So it, it just, I don't know. I, I felt like we just kind of felt that nobody would want to follow. And this is before influencers too, that nobody would want to follow uh, a person. And obviously we're wrong, but the, that, that's kind of where the brand went. It was instead of it being me, we thought that the, or her, uh, that it would just like a brand would almost resonate with people a little bit better. I feel like it makes it just being anonymous kind of puts us on the same level as everybody else. Like nobody knows what we look like, like how, like you said, how old we are. Um, so when we post, we are just like, it's something that everybody can relate to in a way without having a prior kind of impression of us. Yeah, that, that's a great point too. It, it takes away that like, oh, this person is like, you know, is a big basketball fan. He's biased towards basketball. Um, is, is this too loud? Do you still hear us? Oh yeah, we're on. Yep. Yeah, we're just kicked on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's almost like it's coming from Rhode Island itself instead of a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I see that as that's exactly how I see it. It's coming from Rhode Island itself, and that's what makes it so special. 
Um, so people should follow you on pretty much every platform that I can think of. Are you on TikTok? It is there, but we haven't really. We're not active. Yeah. yeah, I can't figure it out either. I mean, I can because I consume it more than anything else other than Twitter. <laughs> but it's an interesting game for for non dancing video creators to yeah. try to like crack that. So yeah, that, that's our next uh, uh, adventure is tackling TikTok and how to figure out the the anonymity of it and how to present ourselves in that type of platform. All right, RI Probs, amazing. Like I said. The most important comedians in Rhode Island right now, without question. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on Bartholomew Town. Absolutely. Thank Our you. pleasure.